What is going on, beautiful people? It is your boy, Jesse, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, and you are listening to the Christ Convo Podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this episode blesses you. Without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. Yo, 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 what up, y'all? Listen, I know it's been a minute. I know it's been a minute, but we're back. We're here. Um, like I said in previous episodes, well, first things first is I've just been busy because I just started a new job, praise the Lord, and it's just been a lot. I'm coming into a place of transition, of learning what it's like to balance adulthood, work, life balance, church, all that stuff. So y'all forgive me, but listen, I have never given up on Christ Combo Podcast because we're here. So shout out to CC fam. You know what I'm saying? Y'all like what I did. CC fam, Christ Combo fam. Uh-huh. You caught on. Um, but today I'm going to be talking to y'all about faith and prayer. And I just wanted to talk about this because I feel like it's a very important topic. Um, And I want to really use this time to emphasize how one correlates to the other, that you can't have one without the other. You can't pray without faith and you can't have faith without praying. And so I really just want to break that down and really, really talk about why the two coincide and the necessity of how they work, um, the necessity of having them both at a high level and how they work for the benefit of a believer. So, um... We're going to start with Romans chapter 10, verses 17. So the Bible says, so then faith, right, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so many people have heard that verse. Um, Basically, it's simple. It's just saying that one's faith can arrive to them simply by hearing God's word. But what is interesting is when we think of the um, word of God, we think of the logos, which is the um which is the written word of God or would be the Bible, right? But God can manifest his words in the logos and in the Rhema. And the word Rhema, it means um it means voice. Or um it means like the spoken word of God. So when you see logos, it means the written word, and if you see Rhema, it's the spoken word. And so in Romans chapter 10, verses 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, the word for word in the Greek is rhema, which is the spoken word of God. So essentially, the Bible is saying in Romans chapter 10, verses 17, that faith comes by hearing by the spoken word of God. Right. And so we already see based off of that verse that faith and prayer coincide. Because you can't hear somebody speak if you're not listening or if you're not in the midst of conversation. So what this means is that in order for your faith to be um, quickened or elevated, there must have been a level of speech from the Lord that you had to have been exposed to. Right. And so we see here that the necessity of faith is in Hebrews chapter 11. Right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. And it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. Right. So in order for you to have faith, you have to pray first, like you have to receive a word from the Lord. And what I love about this is this correlates to learning what it means to pray and developing yourself as somebody who prays. Because the Bible says 
Faith comes by hearing. My God, faith comes by hearing, not talking. So a lot of reasons why people's faith or they have a level of unbelief is because they talk too much, right? But the Bible says faith comes by hearing, meaning sometimes you need to hush to have your faith built, right? But there's other times where there is necessity for you to open your mouth in order for your faith to be built. But that's when you have to discern and figure out what the Lord is doing and how he may want to build your faith. Because faith doesn't just come by hearing, but it can also come by praying. Or it could also come by praying in the Holy Ghost, right? Build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, right? So there are many different ways for your faith to be activated. But what it takes is for the ability, what it takes is the ability to discern um, and figure out what God is doing and how he wants to increase your faith. I hope you are following me. So, um, and now we see specifically the necessity of faith, which is without faith, it is impossible to please God. So in order for God to take pleasure in your life, you must have faith. But in order for you to receive faith, you have to hear the word of God first. So it's just so interesting how these things are aligned and how literally with one, it's you can't have one without the other. But I will say that the acknowledgement of the Lord is probably the first step because let's just think about it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? The word meaning rhema, meaning the spoken word, meaning that there was a voice, that there was a, there was a form of speaking that took place. In order for you to, well, let's look at, let's look at the word for faith, right? The, so the Greek word for faith is pistis, and it means the conviction of truth that God exists and, cre and is creator of all, and Jesus is the Messiah. And so the reason why, when I wrote the, when I uh, looked this up on Blue Letter Bible, I saw many different definitions of faith, but I specifically chose this one because faith and acknowledgement are two different things. So you have a lot of people that say that um, they pray, they speak to God, and you have even people that say that Jesus is Lord, but it doesn't mean that they have faith, right? Because the word faith means the conviction of truth. What do I mean by that? The conviction meaning that there is a, there is a pressing upon your heart to not just know what is right, but to do what is right, huh? So, and not only that, but it's not just saying that God exists and is creator of all, but that Jesus is the Messiah. Because essentially, you have people in this day where, and this could trickle into plenty of things, but you have people in this day that essentially believe in God, right? If you ask somebody, regardless of where they're from or what their ethnicity is, Majority of people will say that they believe in God. They believe in a higher power, right? But there's a difference between saying that I believe in God versus Jesus is Lord. And so that's the real main that's the real main importance like when it comes to faith and having faith in God. It's knowing and it's it's believing and it's standing firm on the fact that okay, yes God is God. Yes God created heavens and the earth. But there's a man named Jesus who died for my sins, and he is the only way to eternal life. And the reason why I'm emphasizing that is because that's something that will that's something that will make the difference when it comes to people talking about their beliefs. And even when it comes to Christianity, right? I say this all the time, and I was saying this earlier today. It's very interesting to me 
how so many people claim to be Christian, yet they disagree with Jesus. I, I don't understand it. It's like we, we, we are trying to be so inclusive. We're trying to be so, quote unquote, nice, but not realizing that we are deceiving people into damnation. And, and it, it's um, it's a sad thing because we're in a place now where people say that they have salvation and they don't like anybody could claim to be saved. But it's based off of the actions. It's based off of the fruit. Jesus said, how do you know of a tree by its fruit? Right. And so that's uh, that's just something to think about. So. The Holy Ghost, this is just a regular point, the Holy Ghost is needed for faith, right, because the Bible says that the spirit of God is who draws people to him, right? And then the Bible talks about the conviction. So when I think of conviction, I'm like the only person in the Bible that has the supernatural ability to convict somebody, right? Because people don't have that. So like if you listen to a sermon and you say, Jesse, if you listen to my podcast and you say, Jesse convicted me, no, I did not. It was the Holy Spirit through my words who convicted you. I don't have the power to convict you. Convicting power is a supernatural power and it can only be imposed by the Holy Ghost. This is why when people try to press God on somebody or you try to shove religion down their throat, it makes them rebel because we were never authorized to do that. Does that make sense? But we were authorized to live a life that is pleasing unto God and simply us living our life will cause people to be convicted. And it's not us doing the convicting, but it's God using our life as a picture of what repentance looks like, therefore convicting the sinners to him. Amen. So the Bible says in John chapter 16, verses eight and nine, and it's talking about the Holy Ghost. And it says, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment because they do not believe in me. So this correlates to faith once again, because there is no belief, because there is no faith, you need the Holy Ghost, right? So the Holy Spirit is doing all of these things that it says in John chapter 16, because there is no belief, because they don't have conviction and because they don't have conviction, they don't believe, right? And so as I'm saying, as I said earlier, I want to talk about the difference between identification and conviction, right? So the difference between or acknowledgement, have you will, identification can be done once, Conviction must be a continual thing, right? So let's just put it like this. Uh, well, I mean, we could say we could say the same thing. Like I said before, you have plenty of people who say that there is a higher power or you have plenty of people who say Jesus is Lord, right? They acknowledge it with their mouth, right? That's, there's a scripture that says that Jesus said they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So like you have churchgoers that don't really live a life according to the uh, commandments that have been instituted by Jesus, but they go to church every Sunday. They lift their hands. They say, God, you're worthy. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I give you glory. Right. In a sense, they are acknowledging God for who he is. In a sense, they are identifying the sovereignty of God and how he is worthy of praise. But. They don't have conviction because after they leave church, come on, somebody, they go back to the same lifestyle, 
right? And so the conviction is a continual thing. So in John chapter 16, verses 8 through 9, um, what I just read, the Holy Ghost will convict the world so as long as there is a world and there is a conviction that is given by the Holy Ghost. So as long as the world is here, as long as there is wickedness in the land, the Spirit of God will continuously the Spirit of God will continuously convict people, right? So we have to remember that when the Holy Spirit convicts us, we have to very we have to very much so be watchful in how we respond. The Bible says, grieve not the Spirit of God. So that means if the Bible says, grieve not the Spirit of God, then the Holy Ghost is a person. He has emotions. He is not an it. He is a he. He's a person. Don't grieve him. And one of the things that I really believe grieves the Holy Spirit is when he convicts us about something that we want to do and we get mad at him. I know I've done that. And don't sit there and act like you ain't because you know you wanted to do stuff and the Holy Ghost was like, nah, bruh. And it's like, Lord, why are you taking away my front? Why, why are you not allowing me to do this? And I would get mad at God and I realized that I was grieving the Holy Spirit. Why? Because conviction is a form of love to him. Conviction is one of his love languages to you. And this is the thing. You have to realize love doesn't always feel good, right? Love doesn't always come off emotionally as love. So when the spirit of God convicts me about my wickedness, it doesn't feel like love. It feels like he's bullying me. It feels like he's giving me a wedgie. He's not beating me up, but I'm saying like there's a level of confrontation that the spirit of God will give you when you do something opposing to his word. And what's funny is, is like, I really, sometimes I really, and let's just put a pin in that real quick. Sometimes I really question if these people have the Holy Ghost. And at the end of the day, I don't know, but I question based off of your fruit. So like, I know, and I've witnessed people and I see people that never get confronted by God, that there's never a form of change there's never a form of confrontation to their deficiencies. Like it's, it's, it's as if we skip over that and we go to the areas and we go to the places where we're comfortable and that we enjoy. And we'll talk to the Holy Ghost about those things. But when it comes to that little prick in our heart that he continuously brings up, it's like it won't um, it's like it won't it won't. It won't, we won't fold on it. And so I remember I was listening to Apostle Brian Meadows one time and he was like, don't tell me that the Holy Ghost won't talk to you about your health. Don't tell me you have the Holy Ghost and he won't talk to you about what you're putting in your body. Don't tell me you have the Holy Ghost and he won't talk to you about um, what you desire to watch on television or what you choose to eat all the time or whether if you partake in drugs or alcohol and things of that nature. Don't tell me that. But specifically health, because listen, I'm not saying nobody's not nobody has the exact same body. It's not about a look. It's not about a physical stature. It's about honoring the Lord as being his spirit's temple. The Bible says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, that means that he has to deal with the environment that you have provided with him. And so if he's uncomfortable, he's going to let you know that. Because he lives inside of you. Ain't that one of the reasons why the spirit of God can search your heart, right? Because he lives inside of you. He's looking at you from a perspective that you can't even see. How many of you all have seen inside of yourself? 
right? Nobody. Because we don't have that, we don't have that foresight. But the Spirit of God, because He lives in us, He's able to see us from a different from a different degree, from a different perspective, right? So we have to look at it as when the Spirit of God convicts us, we wouldn't be as mad or we wouldn't be as frustrated if we looked at it as a gift. Because what he's really doing is he's he is increasing our faith. And through that, God is more pleased, right? And so what does the Bible say about the pleasure of God, the joy of God? Well, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when the Spirit of God convicts you, he increases your faith. Therefore, you are pleasing God. Therefore, the joy of the Lord now becomes your strength. So even when it doesn't feel like it, you're gaining strength every time the Spirit of God convicts you and you listen. Every single time right? And so this is an example where things can happen to you in your walk of Christ and you don't feel the specific repercussions of it or the the consequences of your obedience. But then that's where the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So like when we think of waiting, we're not just thinking like, it's not just about God giving you a car or waiting on your spouse. But even then, I feel like the Lord is saying, even through that scripture, you want your award for your faithfulness, but wait on me. Wait on me in that regard as well. So yeah, we have plenty of uh, scriptures that go and that we have plenty of scriptures that can speak to the idea of like people who identify God, but there's no conviction there. So like, here's an example, Matthew chapter seven, verses 22, verses 23. Many people have heard this verse, probably every single one of y'all have heard this verse, but it says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and not cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So this is what's crazy about this. In this scripture, the many, the multitude, they identified Jesus. They didn't come to him saying Jesus. Like it's one thing to call his name. It's another thing to call him Lord, right? Jesus is Lord. It's two different, like Jesus and Lord is not the same thing. Jesus is his name and his name has meaning and his name has weight. But the, the, the name or the title Lord literally signifies like authority. You like, you are above me. I will never be greater than you in my life. My life belongs to you. I am in complete submission to you and what you want for me, right? Because, and the reason why this is important is because many people know Jesus, right? But they don't know Jesus as Lord. Many people know Jesus as a prophet. Many people know Jesus as a historical figure, but you got to get the Lordship part right or you haven't really met him. My God, amen. I feel like preaching in here. So, we have this we have this passage or this scripture where it says Jesus said many on that day will call me Lord Lord. So here's an example of people that flowed in the power of the Holy Spirit that had the knowledge my God, they had the knowledge of Jesus and his lordship because they called him Lord. And this is the thing, lordship, Jesus's lordship, oh I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus's lordship is not dependent upon your submission. So whether if you submit to his lordship or not, he's still Lord. Ooh, I could run around this hotel room right now. Whether if you submit to his lordship or not, he's still Lord. Whether if you acknowledge him as king of kings and lord of lords, that doesn't matter. He still holds that place. 
because he's, oh, yes, God, because he's Lord. <laughs> um, that's why the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It didn't say that every knee that believes, every knee that decided to live holy, every knee that endured to the end. No, it also includes the knees that are atheists, the knees that are agnostic, the knees that are Muslim, the knees that are Buddhist, huh? The knees, even the demonic knees, right? The knees of satanic high priest, um, demons, they're going to bow. Satan is going to bow and say that Jesus is Lord. So acknowledging him as Lord is not really a credential to really knowing him. Because if that were the case, these people would have went to heaven. Because we surely see in this scripture that they called him Lord. Right? Um, you have James chapter 2 verses 19 that says, You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So the demons acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. That's why when we cast them out, they go. Now, even they may put they may put up a fight, but demons, they go because they respond to the power of Jesus. So whether if they want to lie and deceive people into thinking that Jesus is not Lord or not, regardless, they submit to his authority. So there's still a level of belief there. But this is the difference. The conviction you have you have prayers like David prayed. Psalm chapter 19, verses 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This is a this is not a one-time thing. This is why I said conviction. When you come to the place of conviction and you allow the Spirit of God to press upon you and you grow, there's a level of continuation in that process, right? For example, sanctification, right? Come from go, coming into the full image of Christ. It never stops. It's a consistent journey. So you have this prayer where David says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. That was a consistent thing. David wasn't just praying that in the time that he was in or in a moment or simply because he was in church lifting his hands. But this was a lifestyle, right? We have Galatians chapter five, verses 16, where it says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right. What is walking? When you're walking, you are consistently moving. You don't you can't walk and then stop and say you're walking. No, no person is able to stand still and walk. There must be motion. There must be progress. Right. There must be mobility in order for you to say that you are walking. You have James chapter one, verses 22 and 23. I have I have a bunch of scriptures in my notes. It says, but be doers of the word and hear and not just hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror and turns and forgets what he looks like. So this is another example. You can hear the scriptures, right? You can, you can hear the scriptures and you can um, hear the preaching, but you're not a doer. And this is where faith comes in because in order for you to, this is the thing with faith. This is the thing with faith and prayer. In order for me to talk to you, I must, ha I have to acknowledge your presence. Now, this is why, yes, Lord, this is why Jesus taught the disciples to pray. Check this out. So 
I can talk to my mother, right? Let, let's, 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 let's break it down. I'm going to try to give you all an example. Let's say I'm having a conversation with my mother, right? And I see my mom and I, I go up and I begin to talk to my mom in the living room of my house. I have now acknowledged her presence. I have acknowledged that she's a real person. I've acknowledged that she's in my vicinity and I've acknowledged that if I speak, she's probably going to respond and we're getting ready to have a conversation. But it's only by the revelation of me knowing that she's my mother that I'll be able to talk to her correctly. So the problem is, is you have a lot of people acknowledging Jesus for who he is and saying like, okay, hey, Jesus, we're going to talk but they don't know how to talk to him because they haven't fully received the revelation of who he is. So I can't just go and talk to my mother any old kind of way because one, I'll get whooped. And second, <laughs> I don't get whooped no more. But second, it would be dishonorable and disrespectful because you have to, I have to know where my mother stands and sits in my life. And so when I have that full understanding, I'll be able to talk to her. Right. Versus say if I'm arguing with my bros about which is better, Jordan or Yeezys, there may be a little hostility in that because it's time for Mr. West to wake up. You feel me? It's time for Mr. West to wake up. But with my mom, there's a level of conviction. Huh? There's a level of awareness and sensitivity that I have when speaking to her because I know who she is. Right. And it doesn't just affect the way that I talk to her, but it affects my actions pertaining to her. Uh-huh. So it's the same thing with Jesus. It doesn't just, the revelation of who he is doesn't just help you know how to talk to him correctly, but it also shows you how to treat him co correctly. It shows you how to live correctly for him. It shows you how to truly give him affection which is why prayer and faith are so important. And so as you pray, you begin to learn, right? And then that's when faith comes in because it comes by hearing. And so as you speak to God, he's going to speak back, right? And that's where you grow and that's where you develop. And that's where the conviction of the Lord will truly kick in for you. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I'm looking through my notes. So there's... um. There's something that I really am noticing as well. Like, I feel like a lot of people in the body of Christ don't emphasize the importance of praying consistently. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that means that the word meaning rhema, meaning that it's the spoken word of God, meaning that there was some form of communication verbally, right? So a lack of, a lack of prayer shows a lack of faith because you haven't heard nothing. So if people say that my faith is low or if people struggle to believe God, the root, the root question is to ask, how's their prayer life? Have they been seeking God? This is the thing. You can read the Bible all day long. And don't get me wrong, like the Bible is good. But what makes God real is the fact that when you walk with him, his word comes to life. Them, them letters on those pages, they come to life when you actually walk with him. Have you ever seen a dead church that all they do is read scripture, but the Bible doesn't come to life? That's why the Bible says Jesus is the living word. Uh-huh. Because the word is living. It's breathing. It's not just a book on a table. It's not just a book with pages. It's, it's, it's a living word. You get what I'm saying? So there's a level of 
There's a level of faith that is truly activated when you bring God into a greater depth of communication with you because you have now stepped into the personhood of God. And it causes you to recognize how alive and, and, and how um, how alive and active his word is. Right. So that was it, really. Um, I just hope this really blessed you about like faith and prayer and recognizing that you can't have one without the other. And God wants his people to be strong in both. But it takes consistency. It takes consistency in prayer to build your faith. The more you face God and the more you spend time with him, the more aware you are of his existence, the more you are aware of what he wants to do, how he wants to express himself, how he wants to move, what's to come. All of that stuff will come from the place of personhood and relationship with the Lord. And it's from the prayer closet. And so, you know, let God lead you, let God guide you. But I hope this blesses you and I am out of here. What is going on, beautiful people? I appreciate the listening and the support to the Christ Convo podcast. If you received any form of insight on this last episode, leave a review on Spotify, on Apple Music, whichever source you listen to this podcast. I will be back for a new episode. Stay tuned. Be blessed.